I've actually been, um, I've been actually, the Lord's been stirring in my heart just about um, a message that really, it's not really a message that I had, uh, I've written, but it was really a message that I've walked with the Lord with and kind of relationally encountering Jesus through this and um, kind of combating the um, the degree of fantasy that's been kind of stirred up in the church because of um, really a, a misidentification, a misinterpretation of the prophetic ministry and really a, a humanistic approach to to the gospel and to the kingdom of of and when and humanistic really coming in the idea of yes it we don't preach it's in our own strength but it, it really becomes our own strength because it it's not a a message that's tied to the body and tied to um, walking with the person of Jesus and our 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 destinies and our callings and our good works really being manifested through intimacy rather than it being um, fueled by a lack of fulfillment. Like if, if we got down to it, a lot of our drive for growth and a lot of our drive for wanting to figure out what am I called to, what am I supposed to do, is, is we, we're, we're really good at um, painting fear up. And, and, and making it sound like faith. When in reality, it's the, a lot of our pursuit, even with like studying the word, and, and I think we saw a lot of this as we've kind of been dialoguing and, and allowing the, the word of God to pierce us, that, that we recognize that when our belief systems were challenged, that what came up wasn't necessarily faith, it was fear. It was fear of, am I wrong? Is is am I? Is this deception? Is this what is this? It's, it's a lot of fear, and 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 I don't know if, if as we've seen that that there was no issue. There's no issue with Jesus as he walked with his disciples as he walked the earth. I mean, how many times did they act foolish? How many times did they ask questions, and how many times did they did they did they mess it up as they as they continued? And he wasn't he wasn't shook by their questions. He wasn't shook by by their 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 bad behavior. Like I don't know if any of you would have felt comfortable with dying and leaving the ministry that you had created to Peter. Like like bro, cut somebody's ear off right uh, just a couple of days ago, you know? And, and Jesus wasn't bothered by that because the behavior in the moment didn't define who he knew Peter was. Peter was still the rock. He was still the one that, that was personifying the church being, being established in the earth. Like, and so for me, is um, we, we've got to be careful not to hold dearly to, to fear and call it us holding on firmly to our confession. Like it like for me is this is um we had talked about this a little bit before. Um 
but we the, the reformers carried, I talked to a couple of people about this, that the reformers early on preached, and I had read this from somebody else, but um, but the thought really stirred me was um, that they they preached uh, scripture alone. And y'all have probably heard the, the solo scripture like the that that phrase. And it's, it's there's nothing wrong with that phrase. But he made a statement that that's that kind of challenged me personally. Was that he was like he was like really what ha- what what should have been the 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 motto or um, you know the the declaration of their day was was solus Christo, Christ alone. That that if we're not careful, we hold more firmly to what we would label scripture, but it's really interpretation. We actually hold. As, as, a, as a Christian society, we hold more firmly to what we've been taught through interpretation rather than the intimate encounters that we've had in the Word and with the Son of God and saying, I'm holding firm to Jesus. And so with that being said, as we're walking through this season of God enlightening us, revealing what righteousness is and, and, and really bringing us to a new, new degree of saying, what, is it, what does it mean in Ephesians that we're seated in heavenly places? What does that mean? What it isn't... See, we've been, we've been almost satisfied because, because we've approached the gospel with, with the soul. We, we've approached the gospel with the soul, and if you can give me a, a valid understanding of this, I'll be okay and I'll walk away from it. Like, give me enough that I, that I can mentally understand what, what Scripture is, is painting for us, and if you can give me enough that my soul's satisfied, I'll gobble it up and I'll walk away. And that's what religion gives us. It gives us just enough to silence any question. It gives us just enough to um, to put a governor on passion to say to say I, I want your passion to go no further than right and wrong. If I can keep your passion, I mean it's the enemy. It's it's when I say religion, I'm not I'm not sitting here and saying. Um, the church you go to, I am saying a demonically created structure, a, a, a demonic kingdom that has said we'll take what looks right, form it, and create a, a, a flavor, right? Like Dr. Pepper and Dr. Check or whatever it is. Is it Dr. Check? I don't know. I don't, I don't drink soft drinks, so, but it's the fake crap, the facade. The, the fantasy of it to where I'll give you enough to where it looks like the real thing to where I will I'll 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 I will take away your wildness. I'll take away your original intent and put you inside of a structure that that may, may get you to heaven, but it certainly won't empower you to walk as Christ did in the earth and transform the world and live in unspeakable peace and joy and glory. Right? Because my thing is this, what would you rather be? What would you rather live in? A culture that has all the pretties in its right spot, but it's not changing the world. Or in a culture that's shaking everything up and the joker who's, who's, who's you know, preaching this message like Peter is very questionable. 
He's questionable because, because previously we just saw him chop somebody's head off or actually we, if, 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 I, if, I, if I judged the method that God was using, the stream that God was using, then I would look at Peter and say, bro, Jesus literally looked at you and said, get thee behind me, Satan. Right? And so for me is this, is that um, God is so amazing at taking the foolishness, foolishness of, of the world and saying, I am going to take the weak things, the foolish things, and I'm going to confront your soul, your intellect, your flesh to say, hey, are you willing to surrender to something that, that is so Jesus, right, that everyone questions it? Like Bobby Connor, y'all have all heard it, right? God's doing something in the church, the new and never seen before, or I'm probably butchering it, um, that it would be so much like Jesus that who would question it? The church. The church would question it. And, and so for me is this, um, are you ready for this? We've got the Sadducees, right? And the Pharisees who were always coming against Jesus, right? So the Sadducees are sensationalists who say, we don't believe in angels. We don't believe in the resurrection. We don't believe in signs and wonders, right? Right? That's who this, that's, so all you people who are pointing the finger at the non-Pentecostal folks, Sadducees, okay? Okay? But then you have the Pharisees who believe in all the signs and wonders, the angels, right? Because what was, what was Nicodemus trying to do? Cast out devils, like, you know, the whole story of this. Like, they believed in that, exorcism. And, and the power and authority of God, right? But they were religious and got caught up in the system. And so we, pimp, we, we point the finger to the people who aren't drinking the wine, right? The spirit, okay? The people, you know, we point the finger to the people who aren't drinking the wine. And because we believe in, in binding and loosing and because we believe in, 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 in the, full, the full expression of the spirit that, you know, I have no issue with that. But ultimately, if the degree of the work of the cross doesn't offend your intellect, then you're believing in a cross that is a fantasy and illusion to what Jesus actually accomplished and what actually was, was, was um, established the cross. So, so this is the thing. If, if your relationship with the cross, if your relationship with the gospel keeps your intellect intact, then you're in bed with religion. That's just truth. There's nothing else to, to say. So that, the thing is this, is that I would rather... I mean, look at it. I mean, I know I use these two examples a lot. You know, we have Nicodemus who he's like, hey, be born again. And Nicodemus is completely bewildered because he's trying to he's trying to force the spirit to fit into his intellect. He's trying to filter Jesus through his past experiences, what he's always known, and his capacity to take what Jesus is saying and say, "I see that you're doing something I'm not. You've got something I don't have, and so I want to I want to talk to you." And then the rich young ruler who's like, "Hey, I've, I have," he said, "Obey the commandments." Right? And everybody's like, that Jesus, what are you talking about? You're supposed to fulfill the commandments, you know? And and again, said it a million times, he was trying, he was, he was, he was releasing the manifestation of grace 
of saying it doesn't matter what you do, it'll never be good enough. It'll never be enough. It, you can continue to be enslaved to religion. You can continue to do that. But if you ever come and meet Jesus as he fully is, the one who is the self-revelation of the Father, right? And that's what John told us, that Jesus came and revealed the Father in the flesh. Nothing else, no one else did. And, and he was revealing the fact that God loved us, he gave himself for us, and now everything that Jesus is, was, and has, guess what we have now? Everything that Jesus is, was, has, and will always have, right? So, so for me is this, is if, we're, if, if and I, we'll, we'll kind of, we'll veer from this a little bit, but, but for me is this, it, we cannot be enslaved to a gospel that serves our understanding. We cannot be enslaved to, and when I say the gospel, I'm just saying um, a message, Okay, I'm not saying the gospel, but a gospel that we that we've kind of formulated. That's the thing. The gospel's always, if it's not from God, it's always the golden calf created outside the presence of a Lord. We've shaped it in some way to where it fits. It fits our deal, right? Because um, you know, and so for me, is this is it? I just don't want us. This is where we are. We're being delivered. We're being delivered to no bliss that, that literally sets us free from every other lover, every other slave driver, every other false voice in our, in our lives to truly know what and who Jesus is and did so that we can walk the way that he walked in the earth in unbroken union with the Father and the Spirit. And so for me is this, is that if, if you can sit there and say, oh, I've come to understand that that's sin, right? That the Bible makes it clear that is sin. Well, guess what? Guess who the only, and I'm not saying that, that we shouldn't be aware of, of, um, of what a life of transformation looks like, okay? But if my fixation is on what is sin and what's not sin, then I'm only getting acquainted with, with behavior management. I'm not becoming acquainted with the person of God, right? And so for me, I'm like, I'm like, yes, there, there's young people, older people, train up the young people. Like, like that's that's a reality. That's really, but it's still relational. They need to encounter you as a person. They don't need to encounter your do's and don't list, right? Because then who you are becomes a byproduct in their life. And so for me, I'm just like, I want to, I want to be, I want to leave the secret place and be so filled with wonder. I want to leave the word. I want to leave meetings being filled with wonder and not leaving meetings and not leaving the word and not leaving interactions with, well, by golly, I, I, we agree. We, we agree. We agree. I liked that message. You know what I mean? Like, like I liked that message. That, 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 that settled with me. That went down well. No, I hope it gives you indigestion. Like, I hope that when you lay down at night, it starts coming back up and, and you need to eat the cut again to sit there and say, what is Holy Spirit saying and doing? Because this is so abstract. 
to my, to my thought process, right? What does he want to do? He's wanting to deliver your imagination. He's wanting light to fill your imagination again to where you're no longer bound to religion that keeps you tied up in this, this nasty, dark expression, this, this archaic expression of where we don't have light. No, light has illuminated everything, and now we're fully with him. So this is the thing. Are you ready for this? Amen? All right. So let's, uh, let's just thank the Lord for his word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing, what you're saying in our family, in our community, and in the earth, Father, that you are, you are so Holy Spirit uh, confronting our intellect, confronting the, the strongholds of fear that religion has built up and said, no, 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 no access, access denied. And the Holy Spirit, you are breaking in and saying these parts of creation were meant to know the illuminating light of Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we welcome the revelation of Jesus tonight, Holy Spirit. Going right there where you are, I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is touching you afresh with the illumination and the unveiling of Jesus, who is fully light. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you're just um, delivering our hearts and our minds to live wildly again, to, to live with unbridled devotion and passion again for it to be a, a relationship of passion and, and not a, um, a performance to get your attention, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are restoring the koinonia, the fellowship of the Spirit with us today in greater ways. So we welcome the awareness of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so for me, is this like with us praying, with us seeking the Lord? Um, if if we really allowed the Holy Spirit to to do some tilling in our garden, okay, what we would see is a lot of our asking is rooted in the belief of absence and lack and not in the in in the in the revelation of abundance and we only may need we're only in need of awareness right awareness because that's that that's the revelation of Ephesians that you're seated in heavenly places that's that the revelation of Romans 5 let's read scripture you want to read scripture all right let's read scripture um now that I've bashed everything in the... No, I haven't bashed anything. Um, um, this is the paradigm that God's releasing. It's it's an it, We say, God, shake everything that can be shaken and all that remains, right? And we sit there and think, that's that's the porn industry. That's Hollywood. That's, that's that. That's that. And God said, no, 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 bro. The epicenter is your noggin, right? And it's like, oh, okay, Lord. All right. So uh, Romans 5, verse 1. This is our faith... Our faith, what what God knows to be true, um, the the connector of all things. In so our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and He now declares us flawless in His eyes. So so what the faith that God implants in you, right? It's it's God's faith. 
that's that's seated on the inside of you. So first John, like this is we look at things from almost a gardening sense. And it's not wrong, but it's a little deeper than that. That we've been given the seed of God, that we are the seed of God, right? Right? He's he's not talking about a seed that goes in the ground. It's it's the word that we get sperm from. Okay? So when he says you're the seed of God, he's saying you literally come out of God and inside the union of Father, Son, and Spirit, you are formed and shaped and your very DNA came from the Father. So it's all, it's in you, right? The sperma of God is inside of us, right? And we turn this into, we almost like the gardening thing because it's almost like abstract it's like a gift from God. Everything that we see that we talk about is, is a gift from God. But every gift from God is the sperma of God. Everything that he's given us was of him. It's The substance is, is him. So faith is not something he gives us. It's a piece of himself. Grace is not something he gives us. It is a part of himself, right? Prophecy is not something we do. The gifts that we have, it's not something, it is Yahweh, and it's inside of us, right? It's in our skin, our bones, our mind, our spirit, everything, it is from God. And so, and so we, the very first thing righteousness is doing here, our faith in Jesus transfers God's righteousness to us, and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. He's, the faith of God is wanting to give us new vision, new ears, so he's declaring something, and what is he declaring? What he sees. And the issue is we're still declaring what religion sees, right? So, so my thing is this, is that the flawlessness of God should be more prevalent in our understanding of humanity than the flaws of humanity, right? It has to be, because if faith is declaring all things have been made righteous, but I'm still sitting here and saying, well, how can I be made righteous? Right? So who are you listening to if you're still asking the question of how can I be, how can I be made right? Who are you listening to? It's either God or the adversary. Right? It's, it's did, did Satan put God's word in his mouth in the wilderness? And he tested Jesus in the wilderness with the word of God. Okay, so please don't act like that you've got all this scripture and you're using it and Satan can't take it and use it for his, his playground day, his play date with you, you know? And so for me, it's this, is that we're being called to a place to where the declaration of righteousness is the filter. There is no other filter that we can allow. The words that we hear, right? What's going on on the inside of us, it has to be filtered by the declaration of you are righteous and you are flawless in the eyes of God now. And if, and if, and if this is, this is the thing, I, I know that we don't like this because we're like, well, we need to be self-aware. Okay, sure. But I, I, I use my self-awareness as, as an indicator of what's on the inside that I've been believing lies, not that I need to figure out my own strength how to make it work out, right? So we, we hear, well, I, I, I need to lose weight or I need to exercise or I should have done this better or my house needs to be clean more. I should have a better job or, or all these different, I should be further ahead. Guess what that is? 
It is the voice of religion telling you, you need to do more. Instead of sitting there and saying, I'm going to govern my life from the declaration that I am flawless in the eyes of God. Okay, are you ready for this? This statement right here, our faith in Jesus, trans, our faith in Jesus, okay? We like to turn that into me believing in Jesus, right? Right? No, it's, it is my faith that's in Jesus, my faith that's inside of Jesus, the faith that is Jesus, okay? It, we believe, sure. Belief causes it to manifest. It, 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 the awareness of it comes alive and we function it, but our faith is in Jesus. So, when we pray, whatever you ask in his name, it shall be done. And what if we turn that into? A catchphrase at the end of a prayer. Lord, I declare, Father, heal this person in Jesus' name. It's not what he was saying. It's not what he was saying. He was saying prayers that are originated in Jesus are answered. Not, I prayed the prayer and I tapped in Jesus' name on the end of it so it should work. He's calling us back into functioning in the body, in the person of Jesus, in the revelation that you're one with Jesus. We're one with Christ. And so what I say, what I do, I want to discover it in the person of Jesus intimately now. Is it great to read the Gospels? Wonderful to read the Gospels. It's wonderful to read the Gospels, okay? I encourage you, read the Gospels, okay? But if it ends there and you're not actively experiencing the person of Jesus right now as the ascended one who's seated at the right hand of the Father, then guess what? Guess what? If you can only relate to Jesus pre-crucifixion, pre-death, pre-resurrection, everything, I, I can relate to him pre, but I cannot relate to him ascended and seated at the right hand of the Father, then guess what? You are once again creating a Jesus in your own likeness and image, Right? Right? Because I can relate to him walking the earth, kind of, to some degree, but I don't know to how to relate to him as the glorified one. I don't, I don't know how to relate. To, and so that's where religion wants to keep you. Tied to the natural realm, relating to a Jesus that was preaching the law, really. He was preaching it in a, in a way of saying, hey, I'm coming, I'm fulfilling it all and showing you without me coming in the flesh, it, 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 all it would do is promote your sin and reveal your lack. But I'm coming to swallow all that up and say that's not where you originated from. You didn't originate in the law. You didn't re originate on Mount Sinai, right? I, I don't know if we get that. Like, like Christianity didn't, we like it a lot. Christianity did not originate on Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, right? And I don't know if we know this, but we talked about it when we were the, uh, a while back. It really was not his idea. I'll talk to you in your language. I'll meet you where you are. And so the law was created. It became a bridge. He conquered it all. And now if we continue to relate with him as the one who was walked the earth, and he just, he, 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 died, he took my sins. He took my sins, and now i got to figure out how to, like, be good. All right? And, and that's, that's the fantasy. That's the deception. And a lot of what we're doing now on the earth is creating systems that tell people you're still crap, but if you do something, it'll distract you from your lack and it'll make you feel good, right? Like, like how many times have you, my destiny, my destiny and my calling is to do, right? 
Like no one sits, like we sit there and, and we've taken some of that crappy lingo of, of like we're called to be. Like we use that lingo, but it, but it keeps us from feeling like that we're like egotistical, uh, blood-sucking people who need success, right? You know, that we don't, I don't need the stage because I'm called to be, but I'm going to do whatever it takes to do the stuff, right? And we use the language. We use the language. I use the language. I, I, I could, that was the only message I knew was intimacy. It's, it's, I was engaged in it. The Lord revealed that's how I was awakened with intimacy. But what happened was I didn't allow intimacy to go to the depths of defining, defining my identity. So I used the message to get me, to get me applause and, and positions because that was the direction God was doing. And people were like, oh, we love intimacy, right? And so in all of that, the Lord brought and continued to bring me to a place of, of, of beautiful, loving surrender and to sit there and tell us to paint a picture, reveal it to us that you're called to more than to, to do a dance for, for creation and for me. The earth is groaning for the sons and daughters of God to be manifested, okay? Will that manifest in, in, some, in some good works? Yes, but it did not say that the earth is groaning for the sons and daughters to do. It didn't say the earth is groaning for sons and for apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. It didn't say that the earth was groaning. It was, it was groaning for the sperma of God to come alive on the inside of us to define the way that we see ourselves and the way that we see humanity and the way that we see our relationship with the Father so the earth could actually be redeemed. Do you know who is subjecting the earth to destruction? We are. We are. We are. Be, though, because we're sitting and saying, I'm not seated in heavenly places. I'm not glorified. So guess what? Every area that you're called to govern is subjected to the culture that you live by in your, in your belief systems. Right? And so, and so we are subject. Why is it groaning for the sons? And daughters? because we are the answer. We are the sperma of God that is planted in the earth to come alive and reproduce heaven on earth. Right? And if you don't believe that heaven's on the inside of you and you're somehow trying to reach to it, then you're never going to produce it. Let me ask you this. Are you ready? Praise the Lord. You ready for this? You ready for this? We're, we were going to read. Okay, I've read one sentence. I don't even, I didn't even finish the whole verse. I'm sorry. Our faith that Jesus transferred God's righteousness to us and he now declares us flawless in his eyes. This means we can now enjoy true and lasting peace with God, all because of what our Lord Jesus, the anointed one has done for us. Our faith guarantees us permanent access into this marvelous kindness. Praise the Lord. I'm going to keep going. That has given us a perfect relationship with God. What incredible joy bursts forth within us as we keep on celebrating our hope of experiencing God's glory. Our hope of experiencing God's glory. This is not, this is not a, uh, I hope that I can get there one day to eternity. The hope is rooted in an already, an all, a, a, a already provided ex, a, an experience in reality. My hope is I get to become more and more aware of this reality every single day. Praise the Lord, right? And so 
And so for me is this, is that we're being brought into the experiential joy of what's already been provided to the cross, okay? So if we died with him and we resurrected with him, are you ready for this? All us Pentecostal people, right? The, I always get, here it goes. He's, he's trashing it one more time. Okay, is this. The, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? That we're baptized in the Spirit. That the baptism of, of, um, of the Word and, and, and all these baptisms, of being baptized into Christ. Okay, already. Um, we, have, we have conditioned ourselves to see the baptism of the Holy Spirit, okay? And let me explain. So everyone knows that there was not a real word called baptism in the English language. King James, when they were translating it, they, 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 they didn't enjoy... One of the reasons why they put it in there is this. Um, the Catholic Church and stuff was sprinkling, okay? So, so instead of using what baptizo means... We're just going to come up with a funky name, a funky word that has literally no meaning in our in our English language. Like until we were taught what baptism is, like we have, I mean, bab- baptized. Like if we didn't know, like it's just nothing. It's just a word. Um, but the reality of it is, it's immersed. It's it's immersion. It's it's obviously fully fully immersed. Um, but this is the this is the question. This is the kicker. Are you ready? How many of us were taught? that in our salvation experience, there was another work of being baptized in the Holy Spirit. No? Good. No, good. It's awesome. That's great. That's great. So, so in, the, in the Pentecostal world, we're taught that you are you're, you're saved and then you must be baptized in the Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, when y'all got into Pentecostalism, there was probably you need to you need to get filled with the Holy Spirit with the context of speaking in tongues. Okay, so this is my question. Ready? This is my question. Did did Jesus fully have the Spirit? What does the Bible tell us? He gave us He gave Jesus the Spirit without measure, right? Okay. So, so we have we have painted in our belief systems that that once we're saved, the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in us in full power. That we need to, we need the we need to be infilled with the Holy Spirit, right? So when Paul, I think it's Paul, was it Peter? Praise the Lord. I'm going through my thing. I think it's Paul. If it's not, then you can trash me as a theologian. Um, but he goes. It was. A, he goes and he 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 um, he encounters the twelve, and and he's in Ephesus, and they're like, "Hey, we are we are full in to the baptism of John." We are full into it, and he's like, "Bro, have you heard about the baptism?" of the Holy Spirit, right? No, we have not. While he's preaching about it, what happens? It comes alive on the inside of him. 
Peter goes to Cornelius' house and starts preaching the gospel. And he thinks he's going to have to do something. While he's preaching, what happens? They get filled with the Holy Spirit. What was happening? The Spirit, without measure, that was already on the inside of them, came alive. And they were immersed in the awareness with what was always there. What was always there. So I begged for the baptism of the Holy Spirit as if God was some stingy brat up in heaven saying, you're not ready yet. You're not ready yet. Right? Right? And, and that's, how I, that's how I thought. And then, and then if you grew up in the Pentecostal world, once you got it, you, you literally were promoted to a whole nother level of, of the group. Like you were actually in. You were in because you could talk in tongues, right? And, and what we don't understand is this, is do I believe the immersion, the baptism, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not me being immersed in something that I lacked. It's me being immersed into awareness of what I've already always had but was unaware of it, right? Because if, if what we have, everything that we have it was, is from Jesus, everything we have is His, we're fully in Christ, then why do we keep pretending like we are still waiting for an infilling of the Holy Spirit that is without measure, right? Because that's how we're living. That's how we're living. And the Holy Spirit has been bringing us, and do I believe in, in constant immersion? Without, without question, there's constant immersion. You see, the place was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened? They positioned themselves and said, we need a greater revelation of what we have. And they were shook and filled, and their awareness come alive, and who they were got immersed deeper into the person of the Holy Spirit. Right? John Crowder made a statement that absolutely wrecked my life in a good way. Are you ready? He said, we're all trying to figure out is sanctification now or a process? He said, it's neither. It's a person. That will take your demand to say, well, is it now? Is it a process? What is it? It's a person. And we've tried to define things as if they're separate from God. Sanctification, redemption. Like, like I... He is redemption. He is love. Like he, all these things that we're encountering, faith, hope, uh, redemption, justification, peace, it's all love being made manifest in person and saying, here's all the attributes of love and how he functions. And it's all living on the inside of us. Like we're okay. We're okay with preaching a message that healing's in, on the inside of you, right? Just, just have faith. Go lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. But it bothers us with the concept of me sitting and saying, everything Jesus has, you already have. Stop asking for it from the root system of lack. And if we uncover it, like we said from the beginning, we uncover it and we look at what our roots are dug down into, it's lack, not native awareness. The Lord whispered to me, I was getting in the car the other day. He said, the issue is not lack. Stop asking from a paradigm of lack and absence. He said, you were called to ask from the reality of abundance, and all you need is awareness. Awareness and abundance is who we are. Lack and absence is not. 
right? How many times have I told y'all this? That when we sing songs, like Haley asked me the other day, should this song says, come Lord Jesus, are you good with that? Right? Because, I mean, you know, I'm like, what? You know, I was like, <laughs> yes, oh yes. But, but I said, but the understanding is I'm not asking for Jesus to come because he's gone. I'm speaking over my life. He's there, but I need the revelation of who he is to come alive in a deeper way. It's awareness. It's not lack. 99% of all our teachings have been rooted in you don't have it. Here's how you get it. Right? You're, you're like, like, I don't know if you get this, but he's the gate and we're the sheep. And guess who's already in the sheep pen? We are. Right? Who's trying to get in the wrong way? The liar, the fake, the facade, the, the religious spirit. He's trying to sneak in a different way and not the, my sheep know my voice. And anything that's telling you you don't know him is a liar. Right? And so this is where we are. We are in such a blissful place of saying, Jesus, I'm fully yours. And everything you have, you have given to me because you were the sperma of God. And because you were the first sperma of God, many brothers and sisters were manifested from you. Because now everything that you have and you did, I did with you. That offends the religious spirit. Because, we, because sanctification, you have to do it. Right? You have to sanctify yourself. And, and listen, we can sit there and break down the, the theological, doctrinal law. This is what the Bible says about sanctification. But at the end of the day, I don't care. It doesn't matter how you can systematically break it down into a doctrinal statement. It's still the person of God. Sanctification belongs to God, and he gave it to me. And so I would say that if God sees me flawless, how does he see you? Fully sanctified. The issue is, is that you can't get past your own self and see yourself as sanctified because you're not seeing yourself through yesterday. You're not seeing yourself through your weakness. You're seeing yourself through the lens of faith that's in Jesus and everything that you say and do and who you are, your origin, your identity is all rooted in it's Jesus. So if you sit there and say, are you, are you addicted to porn? Are you addicted to gossip? Are you lying? Do you get angry? No, no. That man and that woman died on the cross. And, and, and I may, I, I, something on the inside of me still believes that that man's alive or that woman's alive, but I'm telling you, that man and that woman is dead because he declared me righteous before I even knew what righteousness was. He declared me sanctified before I knew what sanctification was. The issue is this. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? How, are you more sanctified when you know what sanctification is? No. Like we sit there and say, well, I know what sanctification is because, brother, I've been taught. I've been taught sanctification is a process. Well, you know what? I'm so glad you know that. And the reason why you're still in the process is because you believe it's a process, right? So live the process. If, because we sit there, well, I've seen it. Well, because you believe it, right? What do you say? I'm declaring the righteousness of God because of what God sees, okay? So real quick, and I'm going to end this, okay? Uh, Zechariah, the fourth chapter, really, really fast. Are y'all just absolutely shocked that I'm reading the Old Testament. <laughs> I love the Old Testament. It's beautiful. Zechariah 4. 
Zechariah 4. The Lord's really stirring this, this in me. Um, I've been really studying just the, the ministry of the Spirit, um, the sevenfold ministry of the Spirit and, and, and all that. And so this kind of jumped out with me in this, this scripture reference. I was going to read the whole uh, Romans 5, 1 through um, 5, but we, we may read it before we end just to read it. But, um, but Zechariah 4, verse 1, in the New King James, it says, Now the angel who talked with me came back and awakened me as a man who is wakened out of his sleep. And he said to me, What do you see? So I said, I am looking, and there is a lampstand of solid gold with a bowl on top of it, and on the stand seven lamps with seven pipes to the seven lamps. Two olive trees are by it, one at the right of the bowl and the other at its left. So I answered and spoke to the angel who talked to me, saying, What are these, my Lord? And the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, Do you not know what these are? And I said, No, my Lord. And he answered him and explained that it was Joshua and Zerubbabel. Um, and then let's jump to verse uh, 11. Then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees? And at the right lampstand and at its left. And I further an- and I further answered and said to him, what are these two olive branches that drip into the receptacles of the two gold pipes from which the golden oil drains? Then he answered me and said, do you not know what these are? And I said, no, my Lord. So he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand beside the Lord of the whole earth. And this is the picture of, of the New Testament expression. Previously, the seven, the seven lampstands had to be filled, right? That, that the priest had to go in and refill them. Here, there's a constant flow of the, of the anointing oil, never-ending because they're rooted and sourced, and it's constantly dripping in the oil and the fire is ever burning. It, it's, it's a picture of what's to come. It's a prophecy of, hey, what is being broken down is, I mean, if you read throughout the Old Testament, how many, how many times you say, and they were filled, or, or they were you know, taken up, and, and for moments they were anointed, and moments they were in the Spirit, but never consistently, right? That's what religion wants to keep you married to that there's a, there's a sporadic flow of the anointing, right? And what, like we, we, call, like we call him Christ, right? That's not his name, right? That is an adverb. That is um, an adjective. It is, he is the anointed one. He is the one who is smeared and oily, right? He's, he, is, he is Jesus, the anointed one. And that's who we, our source is Jesus, fully immersed in the ever-flowing oil of the Spirit, of the anointed one, Yeshua. And, and, so, and so if your flame, it, it, it flickers and it constantly needs to be filled, then that is the greatest indicator that you are still married to an old religious way and not tapped into the person of Jesus because he is the one who supplies your oil, right? He's the one who supplies the oil. Like the, 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 the ten virgins, right? We love that, that story, don't we? We love that story. Right? The, issue, the issue is that they did, the issue is not they didn't have oil. They didn't know where they were supposed to get it from. Right? Like we turn that whole thing into the wise, we, we got to keep it twim, trimmed and keep it right. And I'm like, okay, like I honor God with, with it. But at the end of the day, my lamp is not my heart. Right? It's 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 I'm not I'm not giving him something separate from me, my ministry or me my doing. 
the oil is on the inside. And they misinterpreted where their, their, where their source was coming from. And they believed that he would reject them, so they left. Right? They left. And so anyways, whatever. That's a whole other story. That could be, that's, that's very... Um, I heard a guy preach on this, and it challenged me to my core. Every religious like thought process of the ten virgins, the way he preached it was absolutely beautiful, and it challenged me. But I'll have to find that message and send it to you guys. But I think it was Maddie Montgomery. It was Maddie Montgomery who preached it. Um, so beautiful. He was up in um, Canada and preached at uh, the summit. Beautiful message on on the the virgins. I'll try to see if I can find it and send it to you guys. Um, but. This is the awakening that's happening in our lives is, is we're being awakened to see correctly, okay? And this is, this is what I was trying to get to tonight, and I'm, I'm going to end with this. We read in Scripture, watch and pray, okay? And even as intercessors, God is redefining what watching and praying looks like, okay? Through the person of Jesus. Are you ready? We believed that watching and praying was as watchmans to see what was negative around us and to pray about it. But one of the greatest joys of the watchman was to celebrate and go before the manifestation of the king. Okay? How did Jesus walk the earth? And that will define what watching and praying looks like. Everything he saw the Father do, he did. And everything he heard the Father say, he said. He did not say, watch for wars, watch for famines, watch for destruction, and pray about it. In that context, like we have, what I'm saying is, I'm not saying that he didn't say, pray over these things. But what I'm saying is, is we have to interpret the life of Jesus we have, to, we have to interpret these scriptures through the, through the relational aspect of the Father and the Son, not through the latest um, prayer book or, or intercession book like, or prophetic book. Like I think they're all great, and they have some great uh, meat there, right? But we have to understand that, that if, if we can't find what we're celebrating in our favorite book in the life of Jesus, then there's something wrong. Right, that we're more in love with what we've always known than we are with the Son of God, and that should that should challenge us. And so I believe that what God's establishing in the earth is sons and daughters that know how to walk as the sperma of God and say, "I see Him." What do you see? Awaken out of your sleep. What do you see? I see what faith sees, and faith sees me fully righteous and flawless in the eyes of God, and that is the message that I'm going to preach to all creation, that you are whole in the person of Jesus. And that's what our intercessions are like, right? Declaring. And how many times have you sat there over, over the, this transgender movement or, or politics, Right, that we're that we're in this age of politics where we're not happy with where we are. How many times have we sat there and said, "Wait, the declaration of God is righteousness. The declaration of God is wholeness. The declaration of God is I am the righteous of God in Christ Jesus." 
Does it bother you that we should be able to say the same thing about Biden? Because it shouldn't. He is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He's unaware of it, right? That's the way that we should be declaring so that we can be at peace with governing bodies, right? Praise the Lord. So let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Um, Lord, I thank you that, that you're awakening us, Holy Spirit, that your flame of, of the fear of the Lord, of wisdom and understanding, of counsel and might, God, all the beauty of who you are, Spirit of God, is coming in and awakening us to see what Abba sees. That what do we see? We see sons and daughters rooted in the oiliness of Jesus to where they are so captivated. They're so fascinated. They're so infused with the oily one. They are immersed and they lack nothing. And we declare over them today, over this generation, Lord, over this hour, that you lack nothing because the seed of God has been planted on the inside of you. The sperma of God is your origin, your identity, and I declare over this generation, over this region, over this nation and the nations of the earth, you are the seed of Yahweh. You are the sons and daughters of God, the confused, the, the angry, the addicted, the broken. You are fully Yahweh's. And we declare the unveiling power of grace to roll over the nations of the earth, God. We thank you that grace and glory is our gift and our portion. And we, we release it and declare it to the nations. Grace and grace abundantly glory and glory abundantly. We declare that our faith originates in Yeshua. And we thank you that everything that he did, everything that he has, and everything he is right now is who we are because of the blood of Jesus. Thank you, God, that you are drawing us deeper into this life of immersion, God. Thank you that you are unveiling in deeper capacities the life of union and intimacy, God. And Lord, we do say, come, Lord Jesus, come, come. Uh, we ask for a complete unveiling. Lord, our eyes belong to you. Our ears belong to you. Our minds belong to you. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, that we are made in the relational image and likeness of Father, Son, and Spirit. Come and immerse us in greater awareness of the perichoresis of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, this circle dance this union, that we're wrapped up in the middle of all this unity, all this intimacy, all this devotion, all this passion, that we are right in the middle of it. Let us see it. Let us see it. Let our eyes be opened now in Jesus' name. Our ears be opened in Jesus' name. Our minds be loosed. Strongholds demolished. Thank you that we are captivated, that we have become enslaved to the revelation and the person of Yeshua. 
Come on, come on, I'm telling you, the Spirit is asking. The angel of the Lord today is saying, what do you see? What do you see? Lord, we see the anointed one high and lifted up. We see Yeshua full of victory, and we know that we are one with that man. We are one. Our origin, who we are, is filtered and rooted in that one. Father, we lift up the church. We lift up uh, the society. We lift up the cosmos. And we declare, let us see the way that you see. Let us declare what you declare. And we declare the cosmos has been reborn by the mighty work of Yeshua. Yep. Yeah, come on, put your hand on your womb. Come on, put your hand on your belly because that's where the river flows. And come on, we declare that the fullness, the fullness, the fullness, the fullness of the Spirit, the unending flow of the Holy One is alive and well on in His vessels. Father, we thank you that our wombs are unlocked and the rebirthing that took place when you exited the tomb is alive. That power, that resurrection power is alive on the inside of us. And we declare that we surrender to that truth that it might be activated in its fullness, God. Come on, I'm telling you, stop identifying and stopping at the tomb. Don't stop at the tomb. It's time for resurrection. It's time for glorification. Lord, we thank you that you died uh, a sinner's death. We thank you that you conquered the tomb and death. And today we celebrate that we live in the victory of ascension right here, right now. We're not waiting to know what ascension looks like. We're not waiting to know what glorification looks like, what sanctification looks like we are one with the finished work of the Lamb. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. Come on. Feel. Feel the seed moving on the inside of you tonight. Feel the seed Breaking open. I declare over you that your belly is not a tomb. Your belly is not a tomb. Your belly is the courts of the heavenly realm. Your belly is the dwelling place of all of heaven, of Father, Son, and Spirit, that you are the temple of the Holy One. Come on, come on. We've heard the language of going to heaven. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the Lord's redeeming that language to realize that you're going nowhere but fully being aware of where you've always been. Thank you, Lord. 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 Come on, the flame of God dancing, dancing 
on creation tonight. The flame of the Holy Spirit is still dancing on creation right now. Come on, I'm telling you. The declarations of the Lamb are being made known and manifested right here, right now, tonight. Thank you, Lord. Yes, 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 Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, yeah. Right here, right now, the dancing flame of God is being made known to the rebellious, to the confused, to the bound. I'm telling you, don't be shocked when they walk up to you and say, the same flame, the same feeling, the same thing I saw, I felt one night. I'm feeling it again when I'm around you. What is it? And you look them square in the eyes and you say, it's your origin. It's your identity coming alive. It's Yeshua making himself known to you. Come on, come on, come on, come on. We've been teaching, we've been treating people who's suffering from amnesia like, like they're like they're that that like they're broken, nasty human beings when we need to be treating them like they literally just have amnesia. That, that we're just telling, that's just who you are, bro. This is who you are, daughter. We're trying to get them, we're trying to get them born again. And Jesus is saying, bro, I already got them born again. I turned the tomb into a womb. Come on, I'm telling you, we've got, we've got to see them as they are. We have to see ourselves as we are. Because what did 1 Corinthians tell us? And when he goes through the whole sexual perversion, the whole, the whole thing, the whole gamut, he said, have you forgotten that you are the temple of the Holy One? It's amnesia, guys. It's amnesia. Religion. Religion is trying to keep us in a state of amnesia. Our origins coming alive. Who we truly are is coming alive. Oh, Jesus. Original intent is coming alive and spreading across the universe. I'm telling you, one son, one daughter discovering their origin, who their father is. I'm telling you, it, it, it's, a, it's an ever-flowing river that brings life to every place. 
Muraba Bisherebe to Romano Rebe Terebe Probata Sheteremanaraba Torebe. Thank you, Lord. 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 The spirit of wisdom and revelation right now. Thank you for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that's drawing us deeper in the knowing of God. Who he is and what he knows. That is wisdom. That is true revelation. Yep, yep, yep. I hear the Father saying, I hear the Spirit saying, Can you hear the Father say, False? Because you can hear me say it, but I'm telling you, can you hear the Father say, Flawless, perfected, whole, as you ought to be? Can you hear the Father say, You are my greatest pleasure? Bid him.